The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, One on One showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Wednesday, May 27th. 2015. Listeners, please welcome multiple award-nominated and winning adult industry veteran performer and director, certified personal trainer, and martial arts instructor, the bad boy of adult, Derek Pierce. Welcome to the show, Derek. Thanks, Bobby. I appreciate it. You're welcome, man. I'm really excited to get the chance to chat with you about this fantastic career that you've had in the industry thus far. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's, it's been an interesting ride so far. I can't really complain. Definitely, man. So let's dive into the interview. And I typically like to get stats out the way because for the most part, the listeners and the fans that are tuning in, they haven't had the chance to right. see you in person. They only see you now on the various uh, you know devices that they use to watch your scenes and films, whether it's their TV, computer, or mobile right. devices. So let's get to know some of your physical stats. What's your height and weight? Um, six feet tall and 210 pounds. What's your ethnic background? Uh, white, but, uh, as far as, uh, heritage goes, I'm Italian or French. What's your zodiac sign? Uh, Pisces. And how old are you? Uh, 41. So let's start at the very beginning. I want to get to know the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? Uh, originally I'm from, uh, Western Massachusetts, um, but that's just where I was born. I pretty much grew up in LA. Okay. Uh, I moved here since I was like five years old and, you know, so it's been, you know, a lot of scandalous through and through, home of the jackers and the crack. That's what's up, man. So share with us, uh, what your life was like growing up. What was Derek Pierce like as a kid, as a teenager? Oh God. Um... Let's see, how was I growing up? I was probably way more than a handful. Um, I think I probably drove my mom somewhat insane at most times. And, uh, yeah, you know, I kind of I ran with some rough crowds and wanted to run with rough crowds when I was younger. Uh, so it was, it, was, it was pretty easy to accommodate that, you know. Uh, I, I got into a lot of trouble as a kid, arrested, a couple times or a couple various offenses here and there, but uh, kind of straightened out as I got older. What was going on with your life prior to entering the adult industry? Um, I was teaching martial arts full-time, actually, uh, and I was a trainer at uh, Gold's Gym. So, uh, you know, it's been like on mornings and afternoons, uh, training myself and training people, and then the late afternoons through the evenings, uh, coaching and training martial arts. Okay, that's what's up. So, how does someone go from doing stuff in the world of fitness into the stuff in the world of adults? How did you make that transition into the adult industry? Um, I was dating somebody at the time who uh, was was coming into the business. She was doing girl girl stuff. And she wasn't maybe the most um, supposed to be a deaf person. And so I do well with new people all the time. And uh, I got to know some people. And, you know, she was pushing me to, you know, get to know the business, but more behind the scenes. And, mm-hmm. you know, nobody's going to teach you how to do their job. You know what I mean? Like, if they're a director, they're not going to be like, well, come on, I'll teach you how to do everything I know how to do so that way you can do my job for me. Um, 
And so I kind of was trying to learn on the fly, but people kept offering me, you know, like, things like, are you talent? And I was like, I'm not talent. Like, I'm the pervert that watches this stuff. You know what I mean? I'm, I, I'm just here for the fanfare. I don't really know too much about anything else. Um, so when I talked to my girlfriend at the time about what the offers were, um, she was like, you're not fucking girls for a living. And I was like, hey, like, you know, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you what's out there. And then we started talking about, like, you know, financial, like, as far as what the, the upside of it would be. And for a few months, she was like, well, you know, can you do it? And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, everybody, everybody says that, but, you know, when you're faced with, with the, with the, option of, of, of getting it done, you know what I mean? Things change. That's very true. That's very true, man. Yeah. So prior yeah. to all of this, had you at all had, you know, a small speck of an idea in your mind that you wanted to try doing work in the adult industry, being a performer in the business, or was this totally um, sort of like a, you know, a, a thing that kind of spiraled into what it became from this relationship? Um, it, it, it was, I mean, I don't know, every, every dude thinks he can do this job, you know what I mean? Like, when you're sitting at home drinking up by yourself at your desk in the dark, <laughs> you, you look at the screen and you're like, I could totally do that. You know what I mean? How hard could that be? And then when somebody says, okay, there's a girl, there's a camera dude you don't know, and a lighting guy you don't know, and some PA you've never seen before and how she's never been in, uh, go for it. <laughs> it kind of changes. You know, then it's like that that, that moment of, of reality where you're like, uh, maybe this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. So let's talk about that idea right there. The first time that you were on set as a performer, what was going on in your mind? Were you excited, scared, nervous, a mixture of all of the above? Um, I remember that like very specifically. Actually, it was with a, a girl named Vanessa Lane. Um, and... She was amazing. Um, she's probably one of the, the sexiest girls at that time. Uh, she was like this little gymnast chick. And I remember she was like, I don't know, like five feet tall or something like that. And um, so I basically what had happened was I had had a friend who owned a company named DVSX. Uh, and I, I basically lied my way onto my first set. I, I told the guy who owned the company that I knew was like, hey, by the way, I've been shooting, um, you know, scenes. And he's like, oh, cool. And then so, you know, if you have anything, you know, feel free to let me know. He's like, actually, I have something next week. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. He's like, who have you been shooting with? And I was like, ah. So I pulled some names out of my ass who I knew. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know them. And I was like, shit. So I like, you know, texted my daughter, hey, if anybody asks if I've been shooting with you, just lie and say yes. Um, so he booked me for a scene that was for a movie called Goth Scent 4, uh, and it was by DVSX, and the director was Guy Capo, uh, and I basically probably rolled up on set with a hard on. I was so, like, kind of, like, half excited, half scared out of my mind, and, um, <laughs> I met Vanessa, and she was, like, super cool, and I remember one of the first things that she did when we were getting ready to start pictures, and I had no idea what I was doing. Not a fucking clue in the world. And one of the first things that she did was she was like, oh, I don't have very much spit in my mouth. And I was like, well, okay. And she was like, can I, you know, suck on your dick to get some spit in my mouth? I was like, uh, yeah. And so she did. And she's like, oh, I need more spit. So she grabbed a bottle of, of lube and she squirted some of it in her mouth. Now, this is my first scene. I'm just, like, floored, but I'm assuming, like, oh, that must be what they do. <laughs> and then the um, the director <laughs> looked at me, guy looked at me, and he goes, did she just squirt boob in her mouth? And I was like, uh, yeah. And she goes, what? It's water-based. It's totally fine. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I, you know, that's how you get down. That's how you get down. And um, so we, we shot the scene from there, and... Uh, the reason why I actually probably got pushed for more was back then there was a website called Pornstar Performance where directors, producers, camera guys, whoever, 
um, could comment and write uh, in a forum about, uh, you know, a performer's performance. And so Guy Koppel wrote something up on me and was like, oh, you know, I shot this new kid. Like, don't know who he is. Uh, he, knew, he knew my name, but he put that out there. He was like, I never shot him before. I never heard of him before. But, you know, he did great. You know, great job. No problems. Good pop. Like, he said a lot of nice things about me. And so a couple other producers saw it, and then they started to call Guy to get my info because he didn't even have like my number when he first wrote it. He's like, I don't even know how to find this guy. Uh, and so they called Alex and from the company, and that kind of like was how it all got started. Very interesting, man. Wow, that's quite the story, quite a unique story about uh, how you entered in the business and and your first scene. Wow, man. Yeah. Let's talk about sort of like the yin and the yang, about being on a porn set, the good and the bad. What turns you on the most and what turns you off the most on set? Uh, let's see. Turn on. Um, it's not so much like a, about a physical concept as it is uh, uh, a mental one. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously there's certain things about women, you know, a woman in particular that'll turn me on. Uh, I like thick over thin, you know, the kid is cool, but as long as you have curves, uh, but that stuff doesn't really matter in the overall scheme of things. For me, it's, it's more about intention, uh, eye contact, verbiage, communication, kind of like getting to know each other just a little bit so you can kind of vibe with each other. That to me makes, you know, a hell of a scene because even though I like girls that are built more like, um, uh, top of my head, Maddie O'Reilly and and uh, fit girls like even Asa Akira and Jessica Drake and stuff like that. Skin Diamond is probably one of my favorites, and she's very very petite and slender, and you know doesn't have a lot of curves. But I can connect with her when we shoot together, and it's it's just like straight fire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it, that's what I mean by that. You know, it doesn't it doesn't always matter about the the, the physical attributes of, of a female. Um, don't like things that are turn offs or probably, I'm not really into skit. You know, like I'm not, like if you want to drool all over the place like a fucking St. Bernard, I mean, go for it. It just, it's sloppy to me. It's kind of disgusting and I don't like stringers hanging from the tip of my dick to my kneecaps. You know, that's not cute to me. Um, and that, yeah, that, that's one. And I don't like it if, uh, if girls, like, spit in my mouth. Like, that to me is a big, mm-mm, don't spit on me. Yeah, don't spit on me. That's probably my biggest, like, turn off. Um, yeah, that's probably it. Off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Ladies that are listening, do not spit on Derek Pierce, please. <laughs> well, I've had girls do it, and I can see it coming because I know which type to do it now. You know, and I had one girl that tried to do it two or three times, and I was like, "Look, bitch, I already told you when we started, <laughs> don't spit on me." And she, you know, was—I don't know—maybe had a little bit to drink before this. You know, we worked together, or whatever, because it wasn't a scene; it was a, a live show. Um, and I could see her getting ready to do it. So each time she did it, I just kind of covered her mouth with my hand right as she was about to do it. And we took a break. I was like, "Stop trying to spit on me. It's not going to happen." And she was like, damn it. And I was like, I already told you. But you want to keep trying to spit on me. I'm just going to keep catching you doing it. It's not going to be good. That's too funny. Obviously not funny in the situation, but funny in the right. idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can see things going sideways sometimes. Like, uh, that bitch is about to spit on me or do something, whatever. You know, the stories in this business are endless. That's for sure. I believe it, man. So let's break a porn scene down. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most? Oral, vag, or anal? Um, I like giving oral. I like eating pussy probably more than anything else. Um, and uh, immediately following or just as much, I like uh, vag. And anal to me is like the last thing. Um, I would look at anal as like the icing on a cake. You know, you've got yourself a piece of cake you don't typically start from the outside in. You start from the inside out. You save, like, the piece of cake with the most amount of icing for the end. 
you know, that's kind of like anal for me. Like nobody takes a big can of icing and just eats the whole fucking thing. <laughs> that's nasty, right? That's kind of how I feel about anal. If it's all anal, I'm like, can I get some pussy, please? No, just just one position of some pussy. <laughs> I need some pussy to go with my anal for sure. Before we continue on breaking a pornsy down, something that you mentioned uh, actually triggers a follow-up question. As far as pussy eating, it seems as if some productions are not including that at all in their scenes. Uh, they sort of skip over the pussy eating in the scenes that they're pumping out. What's your take on that? Um, I don't know that it's so much of the companies as it's more of the performer. Mm-hmm. You know, like they they usually. Like there's not too many too many directors that'll they'll tell me what uh, I can and can't do in regards to that type of stuff. Um, sometimes they need something in particular, you know. So there might be a, a feature that I'm doing where they're like, "Look, it's like in the hallway. We're doing a little bit of blowjob in you know two positions. It's supposed to be a quick seat, something like that." That's the only time that we'll probably skip it because of some sort of other exterior limitation. But um, for the most part, it's, it's usually on the performers, you know, and you know, most of the time it's my choice. Like, you know, girl, go to like, you know, suck my dick. And I'm like, ah, bitch, hold up. <laughs> I'm about to get some <laughs> pussy first. And so usually I'll just push them back and, you know, and we'll, that'll be that. You know, I, I kind of do what I want to do for the most part. So let's continue breaking a porn scene down. In a scene, what's your favorite sexual position, and does that differ from your favorite position off camera? Um. Well, no, I I like cowgirl the most. Um, there's just something really sexy about a a, a woman like sitting upright, you know, in the curves and breasts and all that kind of stuff. That it's a great position to grind in and. and Ironically, I get a lot of control out of the bottom. I can hold her hips and move her whichever way I prefer. You know, I can grab her by the neck hair, all of that stuff in that position. And it, she's comfortable. And, uh, so I like I like cowgirl probably the best. And then immediately following that would be like a like a scissor niche kind of thing. Um, but I mean, then again, some girls are just built for doggy. I just <laughs> I like sex. I don't know if it shows. Not really. I would have never guessed. (laughs) And of course, we know how the scene ends with the pop shots. In a scene, where's your favorite place to shoot your load? Um, All things being equal, I like cream pies. But they're so few and far between, you know. uh, And I like them because that's exactly why. They are few and far between. There's really no... uh, It's almost kind of bad. You know, like, oh, damn, he came inside her. So I like that kind of dirty vibe from it. Like, you know, nobody hit someone in the face. Uh-uh, I'm coming inside you. And it's kind of like, oh, damn. You know, so I like that, that, that thought process off of it. How would you describe your fuck style? Um, well, we're talking about, like, you know, work, like, on camera, it's, whatever they ask for. I mean, if, if I get, you know, if they're like, hey, just do whatever you want to do, I'm quick to grab a girl by, excuse me, grab a girl by her hair and, and neck and, you know, and be really, really aggressive and fuck hard and that kind of stuff. That would be my thing. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's certain instances and opportunities where it's not always like that. Um, but I think I'm, even when it's like a more of like a, a, a love kind of sensual uh, type activity, I'm still more on the aggressive side. You know, quick holds, bites, uh, touching, you know, maneuvering, things like that. Uh, that's on or off camera for the most part. Yeah, that's true. In your scenes, there's like this raw, like sexual intensity. Oh, I appreciate that. You're <laughs> welcome, man. Sometimes it's not. Uh, sometimes it's not up to me. You know. Sometimes they they want certain things, and so you have to acquiesce and you know do what you're asked of. That's understandable. Overall, throughout your career, you've uh, been in 
phenomenal productions and uh, vignettes and gonzo style scenes so my question for you is in regards to the performers who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with um it's so hard because it's kind of like you know out of sight out of mind um but uh my tops are always uh jessica drake uh asa akira it's amazing maddie o'reilly is another one that's phenomenal um there's been others over the years danny daniels is is epic you know she really 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 likes doing what she does uh, and doesn't mince words when you work with her. You know, like if, if she's happy, you'll know it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Gosh, I mean, there's a lot. You know, those are the ones that just kind of jump out at me. Uh, yeah. In, in the more immediate. Are there any performers out there that you haven't worked with yet that are like sort of on your must-do list? Um, Abella Danger. She's a newer chick. And the irony with that is she was on set with us one day uh, with her agent, Mark Spiegler. And so they left. They were like, kind of like a ghosty, like introducing her around. And, and they left and Mark called me and was like, so I uh, said that you're the first dick she ever saw. And I was like, excuse me? And he's like, yeah, first porn, first dick ever. And now she's sitting next to you and she was all super like kind of giddy about it. Which is funny because we still have to work together, and so yeah, she's definitely on on the to do list, and the feeling is mutual. Like we 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 we've went back and forth on on Twitter and other social media um, about it. So I think it it'll be in the near future, sooner than later, that's for sure. Now that's going to be a good scene right there. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty dope. Awesome, man. Let's talk about some of the scene work that you've done, and in particular, I want to focus on the work that you've been doing with Kink.com. You've been featured on their websites, Dungeon Sex, Sex and Submission, and Fucked and Bound. Are you having fun getting the chance to play with fetishes on camera? Well, I've been shooting for for Kink for probably seven years. I mean, since before there was an armory to go to. Uh, when they were at the first location, actually, when they were Cybernet, I think that's what they were originally called. Um, and so it was kind of a new uh, genre for me. I, uh-huh. I got brought in by um, the creator of, of SAS, of Sex and Submission, um, which was Marty. And he shot me for a scene because a girl requested me. And I didn't really know anything about BDSM. I just kind of kind of heard of it before, but I didn't know anything about it. And so Marty brought me along, and in the beginning, and was like, "Hey, you know, we shoot went well. Would you be interested in continuing to do this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's fucking great." And then second submission turns into a bunch of other companies for me because uh, there's just not a lot of kind of pro-doms that have sex on camera and they can do both. You know, usually it's kind of like, they're good at sex, but not so much at dom. Oh, they're good at doming, but they don't all fuck or, you know, so there's only a couple of guys. And when I first started doing it, uh, Mark Davis was, you know, he's kind of like the the, the granddaddy of, of, you know, dom male performers that can do both, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that do them both well. So he was like the man when I first kind of started doing it and they were looking for a couple more so they didn't have Mark Davis every damn scene um, <clears throat> so it it's pretty cool I don't really look at it as, as playing with fetishes I've, I've now kind of adopted it as something that I'm very 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 familiar with but at the same time I wouldn't call myself a lifestyle a lifestyler at all you know what I mean like I don't um, sit at home figuring out ways to rig rig up my sub or you know what I mean like I'm just more aggressive sex like I'd get like half a wrist tied and be like okay bitch look you're tied up don't fucking move <laughs> let's pretend <laughs> I just want to fuck now um, but I, I dig the DS situation you know the, the, the dom submissive mm-hmm. relationships and 
And I thoroughly understand them. I was brought up in, in this genre by probably the best around. That, uh, the creator of Sex and Submission and uh, John Paul the Pope, um, who is also somebody that brought me up and probably the one that had the biggest impact on me was Chanta Rose, who started Twisted Factory that used to work for Kink. Um, and James Mogul, who was the creator of The Training of O. Um, all of them were part of kind of like my schooling for BDSM. So you'd be hard pressed to find anybody that's had more access to the best in that, in that fetish field, in that, in that genre than I've had. You know, all of them are like by far top notch, not knockable at all. Very cool, man. Yeah, you've been doing phenomenal work for kink.com, so major props, man. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, they're they're an amazing company. They're probably, in my opinion, the most um, socially responsible company in the business in the fact that they put performers, uh, at least in my opinion, they put performers above everything else. You know, so a lot of companies, if you don't, finish the shoot for them they can't pay you because it's unusable footage at kink the way they have everything set up is even if you don't finish a full shoot if you do two out of the four quote-unquote scenes they'll still pay you for half and then they'll talk to you about why you can't finish and they incorporate it into their into their their post interviews and you know um there's such a long laundry list of things that you have to sign off on before you can even step onto one of their sets. You know what I mean? Like, it's always condom optional. Uh, you know, you have to sign for that if you're choosing not to use a condom. And if you want to use a condom, if even one performer wants to, you know, then both performers will agree to it or they'll change performers around. You know what I mean? Um, or change the scene around or whatever. And if it goes off, like, I can't be marked, they, they write it down, the top has to sign off on it. You know, there's so many... Uh, small meticulous things they do to take care of the performers as well as cover themselves. Um, but it's more, in my opinion, about the performers, you know, so everybody thinks, well, not everybody, but a lot of people think you come up to kink and you're just going to get, you know, the shit kicked out of you and that's just not the case. You know, they're so socially responsible um, to what they do and uh, in tune with the models that it's I think people would be shocked at all of the things that you have to uh, agree or not agree to before you can shoot for them, you know? Absolutely. Very true, man. So let's talk about you and your work behind the camera. What led to your decision to start working behind the camera and launching your official production company, Primal Productions? Um, Primal Productions is not my official company. It actually belongs to one of my mentors, which is David Lord. Um, we were just co-producing some stuff together. And since his, his production company is already set up, uh, we were just co-branding with that name. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but, um, you know, so my, my first stuff actually I shot for was Brazzers. Um, a lot of people don't know I directed like around 10 scenes for Brazzers. Uh, a couple of years ago and myself and another guy um, were competing for like a spot you know as, as a as a director for them and uh, you know things went the way they went and I didn't get the job um, which was fine And but I, I had a good time shooting that but I did everything up up to to the beginning you know I, I held camera I lit it I shot it I did everything. I can't say the same thing for about the people I was competing against, but, you know, uh, that was the deal, you know? And so I had so many people offer to help me out, and I was like, nope, I'm going to do this on my own, or I'm not going to get it. So that was how I got started. And then I was presented with an opportunity to shoot a fetish movie uh, for Adam and Eve. And the problem that a lot of people had with Adam and Eve was there's so many rules and restrictions, and, you know, you felt like you couldn't even barely pull a girl's hair. Uh, never mind, you know, do something that was BDSM enthused. Mm -hmm. um, and so I sat down with, with uh, Meredith, who at the time was director of production, and she said, listen, we can shoot this. I will come to set with you and basically sit behind you and go, yes, you can, no, you can't, yes, you can, no, you can't. Because she knew every stipulation 
you know, that Adam and Eve had to go through in order to get something released and and distributed through their, their catalogs and networks. Um, and that's what we did. And we shot a movie called Pretty Tied Up, and it was actually one of their biggest sellers for that year. I want to say that was 2010 or 2011, something like that. And that was my first feature film. It was a vignette series, and it was pretty hard in the paint. Um, you know, girls were full rigging and um, suspension, and uh, you know, we went from mile to wild in that. And it did extremely well. It was a chart topper for them for the for the rest of the year. So we shot it in the first part of the year, and the rest of the year it was a, it was a, a killer for them. That was my first movie uh, that I ever shot. Wow, man. I'm glad it worked out for you, man. And then obviously that sort of spiraled into more and more. So I know that when uh, we talked about how you entered the business, I mean, there was the idea of working behind the camera. So it's awesome that you got uh, the chance to sort of realize that uh, vision and uh, actually get the chance to work behind the scenes and see your visions come true on uh, the screen. You know, I didn't realize how much of a of a pervert I was until I started directing. <laughs> because when you're shooting, it's not it, it's yours, right? Like I'm having sex, but you know, they're like, okay, look, so you know, she works for you. You're in an office. You have a wife, and you have to say no four times, and then you say fine, okay, and then you reverse the goals, and now you want. You know, what I mean, they give you the setup, they give you their idea, and then you run with it. And, and do what you want with it. And then they go, yeah, do that. We like that. Do this. We like this. You know, but when you're sitting behind the camera and you're watching a girl, I don't know, suck some guy's dick and you're like, you know, it'd be awesome if she just used two hands and jerked it. Hey, wait a minute. I'm the director. Mama, grab it with two hands and suck his dick. Like, you know what I mean? You can, you're creating your own porn. So you can be the ultimate pervert. Anything you're thinking, you can just tell them to do it and they'll do it. That's very true. So you get to live out all that you want to see uh, as the director. Yeah, and that that is kind of cool. That's when I realized that, God, I'm such a fucking pervert. Like, you know, I want them to do this. And I have a, a really heavy um, shoe fetish for women, you know, for heels and high heel boots and stuff like that. And, and um, um, I did a movie for Penthouse that was all high heels and... Uh, Destiny Dixon, who is, oh God, just beyond gorgeous and sexy, doesn't even begin to describe how hot she is to me. But, um, so Des and I've known each other for years outside of adult business because she comes from a motorcycle background too. And, um, so she was such a trooper. I put her in a, in a, in a, a pool and I had like, you know, put her under water and, I had to wait for like you know the top of the pool to settle and then she comes out of the pool but she's wearing heels and there were these crazy glittery heels so it's like this infinity pool this, this beautiful stacked chick comes walking out of the pool and as she walks out of the pool you know she's already in her in her her high heels and then gets, gets fucked it's like so shit like that I don't know anybody else that had shot anything like that. And so for me, it was like, you know, what if you hotter than a girl coming out of a pool in a bomb-ass bathing suit that looks amazing? Oh, that bitch already had heels on. Fuck it, let's shoot that. You know, and so that's just kind of like how, you know, being the director and, you know, writer and stuff like that, you get to do shit like that. Mm-hmm. Very true, man. Well, let's talk about you being in control some more because you have a website, bangingpornstars.com. Can you fill the listeners in on what they can expect from your site? Um, banging porn stars is basically... I don't believe in, in self-titled um, porn sites, especially if you're a male performer. I don't think... I just don't think com would make very much money. You know, whether I'm right or wrong is irrelevant. And so what I I wanted to do was make something that could be perpetuated after I'm not doing it. You know, so I might not end up being the male talent for it at some point in time. Um, and I wanted something that was just going to be fun and, and very kind of, I don't know, real. And so that's what it was. 
And banging porn stars is exactly that. It's porn chicks kind of like fucking off camera, but not really off camera. So all of the intros are exactly how we've kind of like talked to each other off camera. Mm-hmm. So if I wanted to fuck, you know, one of the girls or whatever, and I'm like, you know, hey, what do you, you know, if I see him on set, like, what are you doing after this? You know, like, I'm not doing shit. Oh, really? Well, why don't you see me a text when you're done? You know, and maybe you come by and say, what's up? And so then, like, then the scene is her texting me, me texting her, text back and forth, and then it's like, you know, my address, and then she comes over, and we set up some cameras, and we fuck. And that, that's it. Like, that's that's what it is. We don't, we don't fuck necessarily for the cameras. You know, we fucking for each other. And sometimes it's on a set, and sometimes it's not, but it's, it's never the office set up or the I don't know you set up it's always like I've been waiting to fuck you the way I want to fuck you you know and so that's how each scene is done very nice man I like the sound of that yeah you recently wrapped the porn parody Magic Mike Triple XL and uh, you star in the role that Channing Tatum made famous in uh, the mainstream Magic Mike film Mm -hmm. can you fill the listeners in on you know just a little bit of what they can expect from that title um actually we're not wrapped yet i think we have two days left on it we had to take a a quick break because everybody had a bunch of booking and whatnot but we're pretty much done the bulk of the movie's done um what can you expect from it you know what i gotta tell you it's i personally think it's gonna be really fucking cool um when the first one came out, uh, myself, Brad Armstrong, and a bunch of other people, there was about 12 of us, we went to go watch the original Magic Mike. So it was basically everybody from Wicked, you know, Jessica and uh, Alexa Blue and Kaylani Lay, all of them, every, every Wicked chick, we all went and we watched the movie together. And at this time, I had already shot two uh, dance movies for Wicked. Uh, and so Jess, Jess is, Jessica Drake is watching the movie and like then looking at me and watching the movie and looking at me, watching the movie, hitting Brad in the shoulder, watching the movie and looking back at me. And when we was over, she's like, why the fuck haven't we shot this? And Brad's like, ah, you know, oh, it's already done. You kind of follow it up now. It'd be kind of, you know, a little late to the party kind of deal. And Jessica's like, we need to shoot this shit. And Brad was like, I don't know. You know, it's too late. Well, then when they found out that the number two was coming out, uh, Magic Mike Double XL, uh, Brad called me and was like, yo, I want to I wanna shoot this movie. And I was like, all right, let's shoot it. He goes, you know, if we, we do this, like, I can't. If you don't want to do it, I really can't shoot it because I don't have anybody else to play Channing Tatum. And I don't think anybody else. My background is also in dance. Um, <clears throat> it's just, I don't think I have anybody else to play that and so because I don't even know what I'm going to do for the other characters yet so I was just like yeah I'm down let's let's try and put something together and do it so Brad starts you know being Brad Armstrong and pulling some serious hat tricks and he was like you know I, I gotta get a bunch of pictures of Channing and you so find some pictures of Channing and take pictures similar to those so I did and we certainly don't look like each other. And like, you're, oh my God, I mistake you for Channing. No, that doesn't happen. But you totally get the vibe. He and I have a similar vibe in regards to kind of like that hip hop urban kind of feel to it. And so we were dressed similar and stuff like that. You're like, oh yeah, totally get it. Well, Brad starts to cast a bunch of other dudes. And Brad's like, I casted this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And I was like, what? Tommy Gunn? And he goes, yeah. And then he showed me the pictures of Tommy and the character Big Dick Ritchie from the movie. And I was like, shut the fuck up. They look so much alike. Uh, again, not dead ringers, right? But when you look at them, you totally get it. You're not mm-hmm. scratching your head figuring out what's going on. You absolutely, you're like, oh yeah, totally. Totally see it. Same thing with Tony Martinez. Same thing with, with Ryan Driller. Um, with Seth Gamble, um, who else was in that? Dick Chibbles plays um, Tarzan, um, you know, which is the big wrestler. I forgot his name. Um, in the movie, um, I don't think who else was in there. And 
Ryan McLean plays Matthew McConaughey's role of Dallas, and Ryan just absolutely destroyed that role. Like, I don't think you could have found anybody to do it any better anywhere, period. Forget about adult. Like, Ryan just, I mean, he had the, the, uh, uh, the hand gestures and the movements, the pauses and the speech, even the draw, that kind of southerly draw that Matthew McConaughey gets sometimes. Um, and certainly they don't look alike, right? But when you see them dressed up, you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, I, I get it. It's right there. And Brad had to go to the mat with Steve Ornstein from Wicked to get this movie made because he was like, okay, so you want to make a movie with six male leads. And Brad's like, yeah. And Steve Hornstein was like, are you sure you want to do this? And Brad's like, I think it's going to work. You know, so Steve was like, man, I, I don't, I don't know. I, you're taking a big risk here. And he said, okay. You know, he believes in Brad and believes in Brad, believes in the rest of us. And we believe in Brad. So, um, oh, Rob Piper was the other one. He, he plays, uh, the role that the dancer Twitch plays in the second one. Um, but, so, uh, you know, Steve gave him the high five to go ahead and, and Brad wrote a, a, a pretty good script and uh, we rehearsed quite a bit and most of these guys are not dancers. Tommy Gunn actually was a stripper for a long time and uh, when it came to do our solos, nobody wanted to follow Tommy's performance on stage because we did the whole thing. They built the stage. It looks almost identical to the original movie. Um, and the guys, we all spent a good, I don't know, six weeks, you know, rehearsing. And like I said, Tony Martinez never danced before in his life. And he did great. Uh, Seth, same thing. And all of the guys went out there and did solos in front of like 40 extras. And you know, talk about nerve wracking forget being naked having sex on camera try dancing in a room full of women for the first <laughs> time ever and it's really really nerve wracking but the extras were amazing um, they were so happy to be there and had such a good time nobody complained and they were there for like 10 hours and not a single complaint from anybody um, and every one of the guys went out there and they committed to, to doing it they're like fuck it if I'm gonna look like an asshole I'm gonna look like an asshole going 100 miles an hour and Tommy came out and he did a fireman set that was just, like I said, when we saw it, we were like, well, I'm not fucking going next. Because whoever's got to go next is going to look like a dick compared to what he just did. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it was cool. I think the movie is, here's the thing, I think the movie's going to want to do one of two things. And I hope for the latter. I think it'll either not do well at all or it'll be epic. I'm thinking it's going to be more on the epic side because I think it appeals to um, a couple of markets that the standardized, you know, boy, girl, hetero porn doesn't really approach. And I think you get that new sensation, kind of like lovey feel to something where it's couples oriented, you know, in, in nature. And now you have a title where dudes can pick it up and see Asa Akira, Jessica Drake, um, uh, uh, Katrina Jade, who is just a, just a, a porn chick that you know what I mean through and through she loves dick and then the girls can see dudes that you know are maybe the the more quintessential like you know typical uh, cute guy looking dudes in the business you know um, and so I think it kind of has something for everybody that would watch it and I don't think that's been done in a while so uh, I'm, I really believe in that. I think Brad did an amazing job um, putting it together and casting it was out of control. You know what I mean? He, he just he nailed it every step of the way. Awesome, man. So listeners, certainly something to stay tuned for and be on the lookout for later on this year. Now, something else that I want to discuss is uh, an adaptation of a comic book movie that I think the listeners are also mm going to be highly anticipating now before we get into that i just want to give you major props man because you've been doing a lot of the comic adaptations and you've been doing phenomenal work so major props thanks i think i've actually done every comic book title that axel's done i think 
If I, I think so as well. The one I, yeah, the only one I, I know for a fact I didn't do was the original 70s throwback Batman that he did. But yeah. I think outside of that, I did every other one that he'd done. I believe so as well, man. And uh, the one that I think a lot of people are going to be looking forward to, in particular because a lot of people are looking forward to the big screen mainstream adaptation, is Batman vs. Superman, where you play Lex Luthor. And this is for Wicked Pictures. Uh, can you fill right, the listeners right. in on what they can expect from this? Um. Yeah, I'm, you know, Axel Braun had a, an open casting call for that movie. And I've worked for Axel for years, not even just in this comic book stuff, but in, when he was directing for Hustler way back when I very first started. Um, and so I texted him and said, you know, what's your casting for this stuff? And he goes, yeah, 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 come, come down to the open casting call. And I was like, Axel, I'm not coming to your casting call. It's not going to happen. <laughs> You know, I said, if you want me to come read, I'll read with you. But I'm not coming to your open audition. You can forget it. You've already shot me for this genre multiple times. I killed your Deadpool role. I made your Mandarin role. I'm not, I, I've already been proven. You know what I mean? So I didn't do it. And he cast um, Evan Stone. And then we were at AVN this last year in January. And I was walking where I was walking to uh, the night of the award show. And he stops me and he grabs me and he's like, D. And I was like, hey, what's up, Axel? And he goes, oh my God. And he goes, I don't know why I didn't think about this before. And I have no idea what he's talking about. And I was like, I think of what? And he goes, why didn't cast you for Lex Luthor? And I laughed. And I said, because you're stupid. <laughs> and he, he laughed and you know, no, 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 for real, really, really, really. And I was like, Axel, I told you this months ago when you talked to me about this. And he goes, yeah, but I didn't see it because I see you in sweats all the time. And now you're in this full suit and, you know, look just like a Lex Luthor type. And, and I was like, well, I mean, Jesus, Axel, like I'm bald. Lex Luthor's bald. And I said, and you cast Evan Stone. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, well, you know, Evan said he'll shave his head. And I said, uh, he goes, but I want to cast you. I'm going to move Evan to something else and I'll put you as Lex Luthor. And I said, Axel, let's just be honest with each other right now. You cast Evan Stone for one reason and one reason only. And he was always oh, a good actor. I said, that's not why. I said, you cast Evan Stone because Evan Stone's got long ass hair and he agreed to shave his head for you. And you love that shit. And he was like, no, that's not the case. And I said, whatever, you're lying. He was okay, yeah, maybe I am lying a little bit. And uh, so he goes, yeah, I just thought it was cool so he shaved his head. And I'm like, but I, I'm standing right in front of you. I'm, hello, Lex Luthor. You know, like, <laughs> shot in the fucking dark. I'm already bald. I'm white, and I'm a bigger dude. Sounds like Lex Luthor to me. And so he goes, yeah, so we're going to do it. And so uh, basically we did it. Um we shot all my stuff in like a 15 hour day and I work with Carter Cruz who is fucking hot and she plays Supergirl and so Lex Luthor bangs Supergirl behind Superman's back uh, is basically what happens um, and our sex scene is uh, you know in like the Oval Office so it's really cool I mean you know Axel listen when it comes to the comic book stuff I don't know anybody that does it better than Axel unless it was maybe Bryn Pryor, you know, and Bryn in the beginning was Axel's like right hand and wrote a bunch of the stuff. So, um, but Axel loves that stuff and he lives and breathes it. And that's why it turns out the way that it does because he, he cares. He does give a shit what it looks like. Um, and so this is just another one of those movies that are just going to look amazing once it's all edited and, you know, and pressed up and ready to go. Uh, but the scene with Carter Cruz and I was a lot of fun. And I think that you will see that, you know, when, when it, it comes on, it's like, oh, they were having a damn good time. Nice, man. Certainly something else to look forward to. And no offense to Evan Stone, but I just can't no, picture no, him no, as, no. as Lex Luthor. Like, I see you as Lex. Like, I just can't picture Evan. And no disrespect to him, because I'm sure he probably would have done a good job as well. But uh, I see you as Lex, so I'm glad that it happened. 
Well, Evan is Evan, and anybody that knows Evan Stone knows that he's by far the biggest ham I've ever met. Um, you know, and he's always on. Like, that's not a joke for him. Like, that is really who he is. You know, he's just this slapstick Robin Williams kind of com- comedy. That's him. That's not a, a joke. That's really how he is. And it's sometimes difficult for him to get into those kind of roles because he won't stop fucking around. Well, Lex Luthor is is, is monotone and uh, pragmatic at best. You know, that's his role. He's that slower dude. And that's not what Evan typically plays. Not that he can't play it, it's just not what he normally plays. And so, you know, I've done other comic roles with him. He played Sabretooth and I was dead cool. Um, you know, and, and so on. So I've watched him do it. And I actually, Evan was one of my mentors kind of coming up at, as uh, uh, on the acting side of adult for a long time. I was doing a ton of features with him, like one or two every month. So I would get in trouble all the time for laughing at Evan and they would scream at Evan to stop fucking around and then yell at me for laughing. And I'm like, I can't, it's funny. What do you want me to do? I can't help it. It's Evan's film. It's, it's hilarity. Anytime you're on set with Evan, you will be laughing. Now it's time for the big question, the question that I'm sure a lot of your hardcore fans and supporters are dying to know. How much is Derek Pierce packing? Uh, you know, it's it's right there on screen. I, I think it's kind of like a a, a funny question, you know, because some guys that you think are, are exceptionally large, you got to kind of look at, at the parameters of of their physique. So for instance, James Dean. James Dean is like a buck forty soaking wet. You know, so if he has an eight or nine inch dick, it looks like it's a foot and a half long. Well, because he's a buck forty. You know, so on down the list. Um, so it it all just depends on how generous I'm being. You know what I mean? As far as like how much of a douche I want to be and how far back I want to measure from. <laughs> That, that that's really where it comes down to. Um, you know, what you see on screen, it's, uh, you know, I don't know, it's probably, I don't ever tell that they're actually given an accurate measurement. I'll probably seven and a half, eight on a good day, nine if I measure for my ass, you know? I have no idea, to be honest with you. I've measured, I just don't think I've ever measured accurately. <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever measured accurately. <laughs> And and then what are the parameters of an accurate measurement? Like where is the the uh, uh, what is the the uh, medicinal attributes of of an accurate measurement? <laughs> you know, medically speaking, I have no fucking idea. Let's talk about the pop shot. Do you do anything in particular to make sure that you have a consistent load? Are you the type of person that watches what he eats, makes sure, makes sure he eats certain things? Are you the type of person that uh, abstains from doing things prior to a scene to make sure the pop is good? Um, yeah, typically, you're uh, not a happy girl if you're dating me. Because if I have a scene the next day, which is more days than it isn't, um, we're not fucking the night before. It's nothing personal. It's just that, you know, it's a job to me and I make sure that I'm good for my job. Um, but so there's some abstinence involved, but not a ton. And as far as what I eat, I try to eat a decent amount of food every day. But outside of that, like, I don't know, I've, I've messed around with some concoctions like, you know, extra iron or uh, stuff like that. And I don't, I've never really found any legitimate rhyme or reason to say I have a big pop shop versus not so big um, and I can't even say sometimes the second pop of the day because sometimes I do two scenes of the day but sometimes the second pop is bigger than the first so I really don't I don't know you know what really makes a, a better pop versus not but I know that the guys that smoke weed and the guys that drink a lot the girls tend to complain about the fact that, that their cum is typically a lot more bitter um, and you know less palatable um, compared to the guys that are a little uh, more clean and don't smoke and uh, you know do things like that, and they have less, they have more consistency, and it tends to not taste as bad. How often do you work out? 
Um, my schedule typically is uh, Monday, Tuesday on. So Monday would be a two-a-day. Tuesday's a one-a-day. Wednesday is usually off with light stretching. Thursday is on to a two-a-day. Friday is a one-a-day. Saturday off. And then Sunday is uh, like a heavy day. To shave or not to shave, that is the question. And yes, I'm talking about down there and just general manscaping. Um, I don't shave. I used to shave everything, and then I just stopped. Um, uh, I, yeah, to shave, for sure. I mean, you know, you need, it, it better be neat as hell, you know. Like, you gotta keep everything, you know, very trimmed and proper. I think the last thing that a girl wants is to get you know, pubic dental floss and have to be spitting that out during the scene or any other time for that matter. Yeah. That's true. In your opinion, what part of your body is the sexiest and why? Um, I have an affinity for my legs and I have a big ass and big ass legs. So, uh, you know, on that regard, that's usually what gets the most attention and a lot of people trip out on how big my calves are. My calves are really big. Uh, it's kind of like my, my probably my favorite parts, but I don't really think about it. That's more like what the response tends to be. On the flip side, what part of your body do you like the least, and why? Oh, my stomach. I always feel fat. I'm such a chick. <laughs> I do. Like I, there, there are just some days that I'm just like, I don't even want to take my shirt off. Can I just fuck this girl with the with the hoodie on, please? Um, yeah, I go I go through it. I'm I'm very. Uh, Sometimes, and I know I'm not the only guy to all talk about it, but sometimes I'm very, uh, I have some relatively deep-seated body issues. I think we all do. You're only human, Derek Pierce. <laughs> yeah. And on the complete flip side of all of this, uh, what part of the female body is the sexiest and why? Legs. Legs. I can't stand a girl that just has no calves to speak of. Like, you just remind me of a flamingo, you know, just chilling. Like, all ass, no legs. Um, and from there, like, I, you know, I can handle, like, a smaller ass or a smaller tit. It's just, I, my feeling is, is you got to be one or the other. you got to be stacked or you got to be packed, you know, in the big tits uh, or big ass or... And or, you know, the legs. The legs have got to be relatively proportionate. I, I like cur curves, you know, so it's probably more towards legs than ass. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Derek Pierce. In general? Mm-hmm. Um, most people probably wouldn't know. I'm, I'm a really big cuddler, like... I, I, I'm real big on PDA and like cuddling and that kind of stuff. It's not only about sex, but I'm real good like uh, to be that kind of like teddy bear watching movie type. Describe yourself in 10 words or less. Gosh. Um, 10 words or less. Uh, loving, loyal, and dedicated. Those are the ones that kind of always pop into my head. Interesting. That's probably it right there. As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of uh, pop culture-oriented questions that are designed mm -hmm. to allow the listeners and your fans to get to know some of your favorites. So the first one in this set is, uh, what are five cool. of your most favorite television shows? Oh... I don't watch a lot of TV these days, so they'll be like, you know, throwback type shows. Um, favorite television shows. I like documentary stuff. Um, shit. I watch, I, I DVR like everything on Velocity TV. So that's like classic car chasers, um, fast and loud. Um, um, uh, what's the other ones I watch? Um, uh, I watch Bill Maher's Real Time. That's on my DVR. I'm kind of just going down my DVR list of stuff that is reoccurring. Um, 
wheel of dealers. <laughs> My God. If, if it's got cars in it, I'm gonna watch it. Uh, and then old school shit, like I'll totally watch like reruns of of Chips and Happy Days. Who are four of your all time favorite music artists? Hmm, all time, all time. Um, Jay Z. Jay Z's definitely a chart topper. Um, I'm trying to keep it all time and not just recently. Um, I definitely would go uh, I don't know if it counts but there also was a group called Troop when I was growing up that's all time um, Jay-Z Troop and um, I like Jennifer Hudson a lot I know that's kind of maybe a little weird um, uh, E-40 is like I have every album that he's ever done and the the topper for all of them Pink I have every album that Pink's ever put out and I probably know most of the words to pretty much every song now that's interesting right there yeah she's my favorite very cool what are three of your most favorite films um I have a TV room in my house, uh, like a theater room, and I have like a bunch of my favorite films. So that one's really tough because I have probably around 20, 25, and I got the posters and stuff. But uh, definitely um, something that I would watch every time it's on, Rocky. I've, I've It's been on a lot lately, too. Uh, <laughs> I've watched it like every time. I've only seen that movie probably a thousand times. Jaws and Casino. What are two foods you can't live without? Sweet potatoes. Chicken. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Damn, just one? There's a lot. Um, <laughs> guilty pleasures is the... Um, the cookies made by, I think it's Larry and Lenny's. They're like the vegan cookies. I, I have those uh, in boxes at the house. I try not to eat them that often, but they're very easy to eat for me. What's next for Derek Pierce? What can the listeners and the fans uh, that are tuning in right now expect and anticipate from you in the coming weeks uh, throughout the summer and the rest of the year? Um, well, things have been like crazy busy. Um, lately, especially, um, I shoot a lot for digital playground. Uh, so they shoot a couple features every month and I'm usually in a bunch of them. Um, but I've actually started going back to acting classes on main street. And, uh, so my concentration has been looking at options to maybe cross back over. I've been SAG, uh, SAG after for around 10 years. So for me to jump back over to mainstream, it's not that much of a stretch in that regard. It's just a matter of finding how I want to do it. Wow, man, that sounds exciting. Uh, can't wait to see you know what Derek Pierce does on the mainstream side. That sounds awesome. Yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, I figure I figured they're not going to notice that I actually have been adult until it's too damn late, <laughs> and then just be like, fuck it. Yeah, and I think nowadays it's much easier for performers to cross over than it was, say, 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, absolutely. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social networking, social media, all of the goodies? If you want to hook them up with the link to your official website again. Um, yeah, the official website is bangingpornstars.com, and that's hosted by Puba Network. Um, so if you forget that, just remember Puba, and then you can find it on their network. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at the D Pierce. It's just the letter D P I E R C E. So T H E D P I E R C E. And on Instagram, which is where I spend a lot of my time, uh, is Derek Pierce, D E W R I C K P I E R C E. Awesome, man. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters out there? Uh, wow. I, I appreciate everybody that is a fan and supporter makes it a lot more fun for me to do this. So I uh, appreciate it. Thanks.
Good stuff, man. Well, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview, Derek. Okay, thank you, Poppy. I appreciate it. Awesome. And the door's open for more. We'd love to have you back on so that you can fill the listeners in on what you've been up to. Okay, I appreciate it. Awesome. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Tune in for brand new episodes of One-on-One with Poppy Chulo every Wednesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. You can download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com forward slash archives. Registered users will gain access to the Poppy Chulo Radio archives of previously aired broadcasts. And with that, Derek Pierce and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com or leave us a voicemail at 305-515-8620. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio and like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.